Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 1037 WEEI. This is Mark and Kitchen. Call the show at 401-737-1287. All right, back here on the Mark and Kitchen show, 401-777-1037 is the phone number. 401-777-1037. Mike Vrabel, Dante Scarnecchia going into the Patriots Hall of Fame. Ben, your thoughts? Serious? Yep. What, What are your thoughts? Fantastic. They both deserve it. Um, Scar was here for 40 years, essentially, going back to the early early 80s. Number (laughs) of positions. Awesome. I think you you didn't even have to elaborate. I think you just saying serious sort of summed up your your thoughts. Um, Yeah, I mean, it. Vrabel, I think, deserves it. it. It's fine. I just, I don't really care about the Patriots Hall of Fame all that much. No, it's uh, fun to get nostalgic. I, I mean, especially Well, this now. is the time to, is, yeah, this is the time to get nostalgic. One of the good things I like hearing is, you know, the, the weekly um, 20-year look back to the 2003 season that Gresham Fourier do and the guests that they have on. It, it is a lot of fun. And this year, you kind of need that nostalgia. So if we're going to play that game, okay, Dante, you know, long-serving member, coached under, what, five, six, seven different head coaches, Parcells, Carroll, Belichick, you know, McPherson, Raymond Barry, uh, all those guys from that era he he coached under, had some great offensive lines, had some great teams. Um, He definitely absolutely deserves the honor. Uh, And it's kind of cool to see an assistant coach get the honor that they actually deserve. It's not just the head coaches that do everything. So sure. He's, that's, he's that's great. Certainly deserving of the hall of fame, Mike Vrabel. You know, I thought one of my, everybody talks about the, the offensive plays that he was involved in. And obviously those are in big games, the super bowl. One of my favorite plays. And I think it was from that Oh three season. And I think it was Vrabel. Do you remember that game? It was a game in Houston against the Texans. I forget if Tony Banks was the quarterback, but it went to overtime and it looked like the Patriots were going to lose the game. Daniel Graham ended up making a big play in that game. And Vrabel, I think, in that game had a huge interception. Um, And I just remember that game helped add to the mystique of, you know, the Patriots will never lose. Like, they can't lose. They refuse to lose. And it was just a great moment in time there um, as they were on their way to their second Super Bowl in three years. I always think of that big interception. Those Those linebackers back then always found ways to make big key interceptions. Brewski, Vrabel, I love the way they played, and you know he is a guy that's deserving of the Patriots Hall of Fame. I don't think necessarily he should be the next Patriots head coach, and that takes us into this next thought and the question that I just teased. Okay, you know, well, hold on, hold on. Of, yeah. you, 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 I, I want you to expand on that really quickly. Like, You don't think he- – Okay, never mind. Go go through your point. Tell me what it is because I, I want to see where you get back to on that Vrabel point. Yeah, I'll get back to that. Um, but I was just going to say, Ben – Everybody's sort of the narrative, understandably, I guess, is that, hey, you know, what? what's Robert Kraft going to do at the end of the year? What should Robert Kraft do at the end of the year? I mean, 
Is he going to move on from Mac Jones? Is he going to move on from Bill Belichick? Is this going to ha- is are we going to see that actually happen? Does Kraft have the onions to do all these different things? To me, this isn't a question, Ben. This is happening. This is Bill Belichick's last year. It's over. If this is the, the straw has broken the camel's back. It's over. Mac Jones is done. Now, he might still be on the team, but his, any thoughts of him being the future are over. Bill Belichick's run here is over. That's not an opinion on what I think should happen, even though that is what I think should happen. My opinion right now is what I think Robert Kraft is thinking. Now, I could be wrong, but I think he's done with them. I think it's gotten so bad, and you look at how the team's played, and you look at kind of how they've arrived at this point, I think it's over. And I don't think, to me, there's much question or intrigue associated with this situation anymore. It will be, how do they find, how does it, the intrigue is, how do they go about breaking it off? And we expect it to be cordial and, and smooth, as smooth as can be. That's the question to me. It's not about, is Bill Belichick going to stick around and stay here and go into next year or break the record of Don Schill? That's all over. This is It's gotten so bad, they can't play under him anymore. It's over for him. He's too old. Mark, Mark I am I the done. only one that thinks this whole Shula record is the most insignificant thing in the history of sports, like well, who who cares? Are fans really clamoring for this? Like you're going no, after Dimaggio's no, no. hit streak, well, no, or you know where you know where it really loses some steam for me, Joe. Like the Lenny Wilkins record does freaking nothing for me. You know, yeah. is he is he the the winningest NBA head coach, Lenny Wilkins? I think he's the winning, or is he? He was at one point he was the winningest and the losingest. So it's like, yep. and, and Belichick's what eight away from the losing record. Yeah. So he and, might and get here's, that first. Here, here's the other reason why it doesn't really matter all that much. Dude, you have 16 game seasons. Belichick was a head coach only for 16 or 17 game seasons. Shula was dealing with a 12 game season at first and then a 14 game season, then finally a 16 game season. I know he was a head coach for forever, but it's completely different. It, it just, it, who cares? Because you know what? If I ask you right now, who's the winningest coach in Major League Baseball? This year? You don't know. No, you don't know. And you know what? You don't care. Exactly. You don't care. I don't care if I, I don't care if he breaks Shula's record. I don't care if he doesn't break Shula's record. It means absolutely nothing to me. Nothing. He's got six rings. That means a hell of a lot more because that's ultimately what it's about. I mean, it just I didn't care much about the record anyway. Um, and then when I heard that he was eight away from the losingest record of all, then it's like, well, then what does it matter? It just that takes all the luster away from the winningest yeah. record. And all then it you means just end up, it's a is longevity you, thing. Yes, exactly. All it means is you were a head coach for a really long time. That's all right. it means. It, it, it means you shouldn't hold on to a guy who's going to be seventy-two years old for what's going to be an even more extended period of time to get this stupid Shula mark for what one moment you can flash on the jumbotron and then Andy Reed or someone else breaks the record in a few years after that. Anyway, I just, I mean, it's, you got to do what's best for the team. And I don't think based on what we've seen, there's much question. It's so blatantly bad. You can't do anything else. I think it has to be, this is it. You find a way to move on, make it, you know, pretty and, and, and smooth and comfortable, whatever. But you got to find a way to move on. It's gotten to that point. It's that bad. I don't think the intrigue is, is there anymore. I'll let you get into that, Kitch. But let's take uh, Matt and Warwick wants to chime in on some stuff. Hey, Matt. Oh, hey, guys. And 
the first I heard about that loss record, just quick, is, is from Teddy Bruschi. Shot fired. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you know, but uh, anyway, um, Missoula did a, an interview on the other station yesterday, and I, I thought it was really good because he brought up a lot of a couple points. That I was like, really, I'm a big Joe Missoula fan. Like, I think he's a great guy um, personally because I I know a few things about him. Anyway, the biggest thing that he brought up is learning. He said he learned, and they learned the difference between using analytics in the regular season versus the postseason, mm. and that just it was music my ears. Because yep. everyone knows, I mean, I guess it's, it's like a newsflash, right? Um, hello, the postseason basketball is a lot different. But um, And just quick, you know, Marcus Mark, great Celtic, but it was so overrated, like his defense and and just as a player. And you bring in a guy like Drew Holiday, however you pronounce his name, Holiday, number four. And this guy is just yep. so mature. He's so, like, down for the team. He's so soft-spoken, but yet such a great player. I mean, I think that just trade right there really changes up the whole landscape of the of the team as far as, you know, the leadership for these young guys and whatnot and just the thing from Missoula. I think, you know, I, I just think they're going to crush people in the regular season. There's going to be a lot of these, but I, I, re- I really think this is the year. But um, then you got, you got other teams, you got Denver to deal with. So I'm not sure how that's going to match up, you know, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit in the playoffs, but like, it's, I think the the key piece obviously is is Pazingas healthy in the playoffs and is he the player that he, he looks like he can be. Um, but anyway, thanks guys. Have a good one. All right, thanks, man. Thanks, man. By the way, kids, did you see? Did you see Victor Wembayama blocking mm-hmm. Clay Thompson last night? I mean, Clay Thompson, I'm pretty sure is every bit of six six, and Wembayama running down the court makes Thompson look like a rug rat. This little insignificant speck of dust just chasing him back. It, it was Tommy Pickles guy, over there. He's unbelievable to see. Yeah, yeah. He, he it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I really, he's one of those guys where you pray there isn't some kind of bad injury in the first couple of years of his career because we've had a couple of these guys, particularly in the NBA, where you see this phenomenal talent that they have and it starts to get squandered away. The ultimate example is Zion. He can't get unfat. And it's ruining his career. Yeah, he's getting paid. He's making a ton of money, and he he will continue to make a ton of money. But as fans of the game, we're sitting there going, dude, you have this freak show talent, this freak show ability with this, like, defensive lineman body. You should be dominating the NBA. We want to see you do it. But injuries and, you know, obesity have taken its toll on him. Kitsch, he's like the modern-day Derek Coleman. Nah, Coleman Coleman was actually... You know, he was productive for a while. Mm. Um, Zion is, is, and I know what you're saying. That's a, it's a decent example. But um, Zion's just eating him, eating himself out of being a good basketball player, and it's really unfortunate. So when you see Wembayama out there and the things he can do and how special he is and how different he is, you just you don't want to see that get wasted like it has with some of these other guys. Yeah, or, or like a foot injury. I always worry about feet with the bit with seven footers and big guys and. Some, some foot yeah, injuries I mean, Greg, derail Greg Oden, progress. Oden would have been a really good NBA player. He probably would have been like a six, seven, eight-time all-star in his career. Um, but just couldn't do it. It's just a shame do it. with, with Zion, though. You know, maybe he wasn't going to have this long, illustrious career. Or, you know, I think ideally, best-case scenario for Zion, um, I kind of saw as like, 
I know they're different types of players, but like sort of a, a Dwight Howard career. Um, really good for a stretch and then just kind of a, a player for, you know, a longer time, but staying in the league. It's a shame he couldn't even get into like a, a Derrick Rose situation with the freakish abilities that he has. Okay, maybe he's got a, like one year he really pops. He's got a couple good seasons and then it's sort of he eats himself too much or whatever it is. He, uh, he eats himself too much. He injuries derail his progress, but we're not even getting that. I mean, I forget he's in the league sometimes, Ben. That's too yeah. bad. Yeah, it's it's brutal because he, he's been in the league since 2019. Yeah. He's played 24 games, 61 games, zero games, 29 games. When he's in, it's awesome. It's right. so much fun. But he, he just can't seem to, you know, figure out a way to keep himself healthy, keep himself, you know, looking like an athlete instead of looking like a barrel, barrel-chested barrel wrestler from the 1970s. That one's for you, Joe. We'll get back to the Brother. Celtics here in a little bit because I have we're going to make our predictions, and I have some official takes on what I think we're going to see this year, um, and I can't wait to see it unfold. I really can't. I think it's going to be really dynamic, and I'm really interested in, in other parts of the team, not just the dynamic starting five. But I wanted you, I wanted you Kitch, to get a chance to chime in on what I was saying about what happens to the Patriots after this year? And is it still up in the air in your mind, Bill Belichick's future as head coach of this team? Are you asking me now or are we going to the break? I'm sorry. I thought you were teasing me. No, I was asking, He's asking uh, I, I want to get back <laughs> my to My bad. I, I, I misjudged the time there. Um, Bill Belichick's future as head coach of this Do team? Do you think there's still question as to whether or not he'll be back or Robert Kraft is still weighing whether or not he should be back? Yes, I absolutely still think there, you know, it's up in the air. I don't think it's definitive that he's gone right now. I really don't. First of all, it's the middle of the season. Um, so a lot of things can change and will change to a certain regard. But I think it's still up in the air. I don't, I don't think it's definitive that Bob Kraft is like, oh, no, we're just we're going to ride out the rest of the season. This is Belichick's last year and then we're done. How do you sell that, think though? How do you sell, especially if it gets worse and they don't get to five wins or something? How do you sell Belichick coming back? Oh, this is how you sell it. it let's say let's say they end up 4-13, and 13, and they have the fourth pick in the draft, fifth pick in the draft. You sell it as, we've got a lot of money to spend. We can turn over a lot of parts of this roster, and, oh, yeah, we're going to get top-flight talent at the top of the draft. Marvin Harrison, Jr. Something like that. That's how you sell it. Max gone, fine, whatever. Or on the back burner, he's, you know, maybe the de facto starting quarterback while what's his name, whoever it is, comes in and figures it out. Or there's a veteran here. But you sell it on, we have a really high draft pick. We have the greatest head coach of all time, quote unquote. And we have a lot of money to spend. So look at some of the guys that we're going to be able to bring in here and turn this around really quickly. (laughs) That's a pipe dream to me. I don't see I'm just telling you that's how you sell it. That's that's if I'm but, in the, but the PR problem is the last time um Bill had money to spend, he completely botched it bringing in guys like John U. Smith and Nelson Aguilar who aren't even here anymore. I don't okay, want so Bill you sell it you sell it in the same offense. You sell it in the same way that you basically sold Bill O'Brien. In that no, we're bringing in a personnel guy. Yeah, and how's that the one that out? deals with it? I, what are Bill's options if he leaves? Bill can't exactly go into Bob's office and be like, no, I'm not giving, I'm not ceding control of the personnel department. 
He doesn't have any juice right now. No, he has no juice, and I think the only the only option he might have are the LA Chargers. That's the only one he might have. I don't think he's a fit anywhere else. And maybe, I'm, but I, are the Chargers going to pay him twenty twenty five million dollars? Probably not. I mean, that's major change for a guy at seventy two years old too. You think and, about that logically. You, know, you look at that and go, "Well, the guy's seventy two. I mean, uh, he's paying a lot of money to a guy who's." Definitely not going to be here in 10 years. Uh, it's not like I'm building a, a former Bill Belichick situation or an Andy Reid situation. It's not like that. It, it's of... a short-term rental. If Bill goes anywhere else, it's a short-term rental. And a lot of these owners aren't probably going to look at it like that. So I, I think... And we already windled it down to a small handful of teams that might be interested. He, he should take Teddy Bruschi's advice. I think that is sound advice. Coach your tail off. Try to get back to finishing on a, on a strong note or a high note or anything positive. And then just wrap it up, man. Wrap it up. I, I just imagine, and I know you want to do what you love and you, you, you live one life and all these things. But imagine he walked away, Ben, when Brady left. Um, just think about how different his legacy would be. Completely He'd be different. the, you know, the all-time undisputed. You couldn't touch it. Now, fair or not, there is all this indecision and, and debate about how good he was or now how it's ending. It's so ugly. I, again, I disagree with you. I think it has gotten so bad. They're going to have to do so. They cannot try to even sell it like he is. he's the guy to keep going here and, and lead them into the next next year, next season. I don't think you could do that. I think it's so bad it's beyond repair. Um, let's talk to JP, who's in a car. JP, hey. Mark and Kitchen, good morning. Good morning. So, up, quick Patriots thought. Hey, thanks, guys. Quick Patriots thought. I was thinking about it on the phone there. So, Belichick wants to go for the record and have the most wins, but yet if he has the most losses this year, he gets a first-round pick. It's going to be fun watching, uh, what should we call it, draft gate this year? Does he win? Does he lose? That's what the excitement of watching this year is going to be. You talked about Zion. He's not... Well, we're going to call him the panda when he, when he comes to town. Do you, think the, uh, do you think the Celtics are going to try to come out fast in games, get a lead so they can rest Porzingis, and do you think all those coaches they brought in are help managing time of the team because of the two veterans of Horford and Porzingis? Because I'm worried that they play so good, they burn them out early. How are they going to keep track of that? that that's an interesting question of, of how they're going to try and manage it. Because when you look at this team, you, you go, okay, you're six deep, really, with, with high, high quality, high caliber NBA players. Then it kind of drops. Pritchard might have a halfway decent year, but he's your seventh guy. And that's a little scary if Pritchard's your seventh guy. So how are we going to manage it? Are we going to try and front load these games where – you know, we have the starters out for more in the first half, more in that first quarter instead of that first eight minutes and try and create a stranglehold on this game and then have them come out strong at the in the second half. How are we going to manage it? That, that's an interesting question, how they're going to do it. Because when you look at it rotationally, I know, Mark, you've been all over Walsh all summer hoping that he can be an impact, you know, a violent defender. Yes. As you like to say. But I. Come on, we know we can't really rely on him. He's a rookie. It's not like he's a blue chip rookie where he's not Victor Win Miami where you know he's going to come in, start, and actually be a really impactful player. Um, they're not that deep right now. So how do they manage it? And maybe that is one of the reasons why they, you know, are bringing in 
Van Gundy to be this kind of a quasi whatever he is consultant. I don't know exactly what it is um, to help figure that out and help figure that out for Joe. Look, I have all kinds of irrational thoughts scrolling through my mind. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you just mentioned the Jordan Walsh uh, infatuation that I have and the hope that I have for him as a, I just want him to contribute. I have the thing about uh, Peyton Pritchard being a poor man's Fred Van Vliet I'm holding on to. And now I've got this thing that Nias Keita is going to somehow replace Rob Williams. So, you know, there's a lot that I'm hoping for, and I don't know if I'm going to get it. If I can get maybe one of the three, they're probably doing pretty well. But I do have some questions. Uh, I'm almost more fascinated, Ben, and this is what I was sort of talking about. We'll get into the Celtics on the bench. And, and who is really going to step up and be the key contributors off the bench? That's what, fa- that's what really interests me. Because if it's Sam Hauser and, and Al Horford, that's a problem for me. That it's got to be more dynamic, more athletic than that. More athletic, namely. But I got to have more than that. Yeah, they, they might, uh, you know, they might rotate guys from the starting lineup into that six-man role. It might not be just a steady Al Horford in that role. It might be, you know, a stretch where it's like, hey, Derek White, we're going to need you to come off the bench and give us that spark we need. We're going to need size in the starting lineup. Uh, more so this game. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they figure it out because once you get to seven or eight, like who's that next guy? I mean, you're going to have to play Luke Cornett a lot. Oh, He's your third big right now. And yeah, that, that's kind of scary. So they've got to figure that out. I, I think wing, wing defenders, they're solid there. I think they need a little bit more size, you know, a, another higher quality guy than a Luke Cornett. What about Kata? Does he have any chance? Any chance to contribute? Maybe. Seven feet? It's, it's possible. Mark, I know is this you guy like... your new taco? This no. guy? Ma- no, he's not tall Mark, enough to be, to be, for me to be that infatuated with him. Okay. But I'm just looking at him. You know, it's one preseason game, but he's getting offensive rebounds. He's, he's converting lobs. He's got good energy, motor. He's athletic. He had a little touch around the rim. He's seven feet. Like I, I, the height is the big thing for me. You know, because I always wish I, – I always think of a guy, Bobby Portis. The guy's six foot ten. That he's not the best player, but that couple inches gives him a huge advantage rebounding. That gives him a huge advantage shooting over shorter defenders. That's a huge thing for that specific player. If this guy who's seven feet, that's the height I'm looking for in a bench reserve big. If he can be high motor, uh, a little production on a consistent basis, I would love to see him more so than Luke Cornett. No offense. Yeah. All right. We got to go to break. I, just, I, I don't know because he's only played 20 games as a pro. Right. So it, it, it's, it's really hard to tell with him so far. All right. When we get back, we're going to get into the Celtics. Big takeaways, big expectations this year. And what I think will be the difference in this team this season. I think it's a big deal. And, you know, I don't know if people are talking about it enough. This is the Martin Kitchen Show 103.7. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.